Well, good morning. I'm so glad to see you all on this beautiful day that the Lord has made. And you know, uh, this is the, the beginning of, of Thrive Church. And some of you know me, some of you don't. Well, my name is Judah Thomas, and, uh, and I'm the lead pastor here of Thrive Church. And uh, it's interesting because uh, around 35 years ago, my parents moved to Connecticut from South Carolina when I was one year old. And uh, we moved to Connecticut. Uh, about a year later, my parents started Faith Living Church in Southington. And this weekend is actually their 34th anniversary as Faith Living Church. So, uh, yeah. It's interesting to see, you know, the things that God has, has done there and then now in starting uh, this church out here. Uh, so... The series that we're starting this weekend is going to be a four-part series, and it's called Thrive, and it kind of goes along with the name of our church, but, but you know, it, it, it's Thrive, and, and the question that, that I've been kind of tossing around in my head is, is, what does it mean to thrive? What does it mean to thrive? Like, we'll use that word from time to time, but what does it really mean to thrive? Maybe to prosper, to grow, to develop to flourish, to succeed, to have continual, steady progress. Some people in their lives, they're not thriving, are they? They're maybe just surviving at best. Maybe they're, they're just getting by. But what does it take to actually thrive? Some people, instead, their lives feel like they're on this collision course. It's like I heard about this guy, and, and, and he was... Uh, uh, applying for a job as a switch controller for the railroad. And uh, so as he's going through the interview, the guy says, well, what happens if you have two trains that are on the same track headed towards each other? You've only got a few moments to make a decision. He says, well, I'd run down and I would, I would try to, to manually move the switch so that we could get one of the trains off. He says, but okay, but what if that switch is broken now? Now what are you going to do? He says, well, you know, maybe I'll get something and I'll, I'll try to bang it over. He says, no, no, that's not working. What are you going to do now? Well, I know what I'll do. I'll phone the other signal box and see if maybe somehow they can divert the train before it gets here. He says, well, you do that and the phone is busy. So, well, then I run down to the pay phone and maybe I try to make a phone call from the pay phone. He says, no, you find out the phone's been vandalized. And besides, who has pay phones more. So he says, no, no, it's, it's been, he says, well, well then I, I, I would run to my uncle's house. He lives right around the corner. I get my uncle and tell him to come down here. He's like, really? Like, what does your uncle know about trains? He says, absolutely nothing. But man, he's never seen a crash like that before. <laughs> you know, sometimes that's how our lives are, right? We're on this collision course for destruction. We're not thriving. We might not even be surviving, Maybe your favorite Bible verse is Ecclesiastes 1-2. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Have you ever met people like that before? We've, okay, are you one of those people? Like everything is meaningless, gloom and doom. And whenever you talk to them, man, it's like you don't even want to ask how they're doing. Because they will tell you, you know, man, like everything is just going wrong in my life. But how would you honestly answer that question? How are you doing? How are you doing right now? On a scale of surviving, barely surviving, to thriving, how are you doing? 
John 10.10 says, The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give life in all its fullness. See, the, the thief, the enemy, he wants to steal and kill and destroy. He wants to destroy our lives, our marriages, our, our relationships, our jobs. He wants to destroy all this. He wants us to, to, to run and do the wrong things in life. But Jesus, my purpose is to give life, but not just life. He wants to give it in all its fullness. He wants us to thrive. You might say, well, that's just a nice thought. You know, the Bible is full of nice thoughts, right? Like, that doesn't really mean anything for me in my life. What, what is that supposed to mean? God wants to give me life in all of its fullness. Well, it's clear in the Bible that God's desire is that we can know a fullness of life on this earth. His desire is that we could honestly answer the question, how are you doing with, well, Life is good. It might not be easy. It might be complicated. But all in all, it's good because God is good. That's what thriving is. You know, last night I was thriving. And I'll tell you why. It's kind of silly, I guess. I, I was just, you know, it was late at night. And I'm like, you know, getting ready for the service. And a friend of mine texts me and says, um, are you up? I'm like, yeah. He's like, are you dressed? I'm like, this is 11 o'clock at night. I'm like, yeah, I'm dressed. He's like, I'll be there in five minutes. I'm like, what's going on? Usually when I get, get a message like that, something bad is happening. So I'm like, oh no, what in the world is going on? And, and I'm just like bracing myself, like what in the world? And, and he knocks on my door, opens up the door, he hands me two dozen Krispy Kreme donuts. He like drove down to like, where, Foxwoods or something like that? Got Krispy Kreme donuts. Brought, said, I just wanted to give these to you before the launch of your church. I'm like, man, I'm thriving now, right? I mean, we can thrive with Krispy Kreme donuts, can't we? I can, at least. Um, maybe not very long. If I ate enough of them, I might not be thriving for, for very long. But if, if our response is, is not, hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm thriving, I'm moving forward. If that's not our response then you've been robbed. You've been robbed blind. Because that thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. And maybe there's this robber that had stolen something. He's stolen your life. He's stolen the thriving. You're like, man, there's too much in my past. There's too much crap that's holding me back that I can't move forward. So I'm just going to sit here, gloom and doom despair and agony on me, and we're, we're just going to get here and just wallow in it. But maybe it's because something has been stolen from you. Maybe he's replaced the life that God has for you with a life of pain and disappointment and suffering. Now, don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying you're going to have an easy life without any difficulties. That's not it. That's not it at all. I'm not saying Jesus is going to give you a, a life of ease and luxury. No, actually, probably the opposite. But in the middle of this life here on earth, which includes challenges and sickness and disappointment and loss, we can still be thriving. We can still be moving forward with all that God has for us. We can still have that abundant life. It's like, like a remote control. You guys have remote controls for your TVs or maybe you have it on your phone or something like that. And, and, and there's, the, there's a little button. It's like two vertical lines. And what's that mean? It's, it's the pause button, right? Sometimes we feel like our lives are on pause, not moving forward, 
not going anywhere, just on pause. Same thing, day in, day out, day in, day out. Maybe we're stuck in our lives, stuck in relationships, stuck in all kinds of things. And maybe it's time to get our life off of pause. Will Rogers says, even if you're on the right track, you'll get run over if you just sit there. You know, and sometimes we're just, we're just sitting there like, man, what am I going to do? And, and we're just so focused on ourselves. But I believe that God has an exciting and victorious life planned and prepared for you. Romans 8.37 says, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory, not just victory, but overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. God wants you to thrive. Did you know you can thrive in your relationships? You can thrive in your finances? You can thrive and beat addictions that have held you back? You can thrive in your life? Because that overwhelming victory is available to you, but it's not because you're all that. It's because he's all that. Second Peter 1, 3, 4 says, As we know Jesus better, his divine power gives us everything we need for living a godly life. He has called us to receive his own glory and goodness. And by that same mighty power, he has given us all his rich and wonderful promises. He's promised that you'll escape the decadence all around you caused by evil desires, and you'll share in his divine nature. So how do we thrive? The same way we become good at a sport. How do you become good at a sport? Practice, right? You don't become good at a sport by sitting home eating Doritos watching the TV, right? Practice. I'll show you a little bit of the results of a misspent childhood. <laughs> now, now, I don't juggle very well, okay? But I mean, I can juggle a little bit. Now, <laughs> you wouldn't believe how many lonely hours this represents, okay? I mean, sitting in your room, I mean, you're not going out with friends, and it's like, oh, that's all, I mean, not very impressive, but you know. The only way I can do that, I mean, you start with, with balls and then rings and all these things. The only way you do it is by practice, 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 working at it. And sometimes we want to we wanna live this thriving life, but we don't want to practice that. We don't want to do anything about it. We need to, to practice. Tom Landry said the job of a football coach is to make men do what they don't want to do in order to achieve what they've always wanted to be. Isn't that true? If you ever, if you, ever you know, do a sport or you're in the military or you got a hobby, man, the way to get good at what you want to do means that you have to do a lot of things that you don't want to do, right? I mean, how many of these guys just love all the, you know, the football players love all the hours of practice and running and doing all this? No, that's, they're not doing that so they can do that. They're doing that so they can run the touchdowns. So we need to practice. And if we want to act like Jesus, well, we need to adopt his lifestyle. So the thing that we're going to talk about specifically today is how God's word will help us to thrive. God's word, the Holy Bible, will help us to thrive. And a lot of people just, just think of the Bible as, as some ancient book. And it's amazing how many people will talk about it and say, oh, well, it's just kind of just, you know, nice things in a good way. There is so much life in God's word. And we're going we're gonna to talk about how God's word can help us to thrive. Why is God's word so important? 
See, because only in it will it give you the tools to conquer and defeat the enemy. We get temptations that hit us every day. I'm no different than you. I get temptations every single day. I might even get more. I don't know. I mean, man, these last couple weeks have been brutal. And we get temptations all the time. But God's word is what gives us the tools to conquer and defeat it. It'll help you overcome the sin and temptation of every kind. How much priority is God's word in your life? Are you anchored to God's word? Man, one thing that we put as a high value here at Thrive Church is God's word. Not my opinion, not anyone's opinion, but what does God's word teach us? Let's teach that. Let's learn that. Psalms 119, 61 says, Evil people try to drag me into sin, but I am firmly anchored to your law. Are we firmly anchored to God's law? If we want to grow spiritually, and if we want to remain connected to Christ, then we must read and study and ultimately love the word of God. But you know, people say, oh, but it's boring. It's boring. It's this and that. And I mean, I mean, maybe you're reading the wrong thing. I mean, there are some parts that can get kind of draining. I can agree with you. But man, there's some parts when you read it, it comes alive to you and it will transform you. There is no way for you to succeed in life, to thrive in life, especially as a follower of Christ, without a regular consumption of God's word. I hear people over the years that, you know, I mean, some of you might be meeting me for the first time today, but I've been in full-time ministry for about 18 years now. And I've seen a lot of people and and they'll come or maybe they'll, they'll leave a church and say, well, I'm just not getting fed. I'm just not getting fed. I'm like, you're not getting fed? Well, what do you mean? And that means say, well, I come to church once a week and, and it's just not enough. Well, of course it's not enough. It was never supposed to be enough we got to feed ourselves by daily reading God's word and applying that into our lives. See, I mean, here we come together and we have a buffet. Yeah, let's have a buffet. But you better eat again before you come back next week. So, it's you know, when we grow, it's not, you know, some people say, well, I read a devotional or I listen to Christian music. And those things are all great. But we need to get into God's word. Because God will speak to us primarily through the Bible. This is not something that you outgrow or get beyond. Well, I'm so spiritual now. I don't need to read God's word. He speaks to me in other ways. He might speak to you in other ways, but you have not outgrown God's word. You never will. You don't, do you outgrow food? I've eaten enough for my life. Now, some of us maybe have eaten enough for our lives, but for the most part, most of us are going to leave here today and we're going to go down and get some Mickey D's or something else or some, some, you know, Kentucky fried chicken or a pizza and we're going to eat again and we're going to probably do that again tonight and then tomorrow morning and we're going to do that every single day this coming week. I don't need to breathe anymore. I've breathed enough for my life. No, this is a steady diet. If you're not into breathing, you're not into living, right? See these guys that hold their breath for 10 minutes. I'm like, man... You are just testing fate, aren't you? And they go down hundreds of feet. I'm like, man, if you're not into breathing, you're not into living. Nothing's going to take the place of opening your Bible and reading it every single day. But reading it's not just enough. We need to also apply it and obey it. There was a farmer that was milking his cow, and he was starting to get a, get a good rhythm flowing when, a blue, uh, when this bug flew into the barn, and it circled around his head. Suddenly, the bug flew into the cow's ear. The farmer didn't think much about it until he's 
squirting, and then he sees the fly come out the udder into the bucket. I guess it went in one ear and out the udder. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, that's horrible. I got lots of those, though. <laughs> James 1.22 says, But if you just listen to God's word, sorry, sorry don't, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. If you listen to the word and you don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. It's like, you, you know, you go out for an ice cream Sunday, a hot fudge Sunday tonight, and, and you get all this fudge, you know, all over your face. And you walk into the bathroom and you look in the mirror and you see fudge all over your face. And you just turn around and you walk back out and you forget that there's something all over your face. Come on, that, that's not what we do. We got to take care of it. We have to apply it. So here's four things that God's word does in your life. Number one, it strengthens your faith. Romans ten seventeen says, Yet faith comes from listening to this message of good news, the good news about Christ. When people say, I'm just not growing spiritually anymore. I'm not growing spiritually. I'm not getting fed. My, my response is always the same. Are you reading God's word? Well, I read it some. Well, come on, don't expect to be growing spiritually if we're neglecting feeding our spirits. God's word will strengthen your faith. So here's a test. If you're having difficult time trusting God with your life, well, you need to spend more time in God's word. The next thing it does, it guides our decisions. George Washington, you know, one of our presidents, said it's impossible to rightly govern the world without God in the Bible. And we're kind of experiencing that right now, I think, in our world. It's impossible to rightly govern the world without God in the Bible. He, he went on to, uh, Abraham Lincoln went on to say, the Bible is the best gift God has given to man. Without it, we could not know right from wrong. Theodore Roosevelt said, a thorough knowledge of the Bible is worth more than a college education. See, God's word will guide your decisions. And if you ever find yourself confused a lot, maybe you're lacking direction in your life, maybe it's because you need more of God's word in your life. Number three, the third thing is God's word will enhance your life. It'll enhance it. Joshua 1.8 says to study the book of the law continually. Meditate it on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey all that's written in it. Only then will you succeed. You want to succeed? Well, we need to start by doing the things that might be a little difficult for us, by reading God's word. Now, I'm not saying that if you read God's word, boom, you're going to be suddenly rich all of a sudden. Probably is not going to happen. In fact, I can guarantee you that's not going to happen. But if we want to succeed in life, see, there's a lot more to succeeding than just having dollars in the bank. Don't you know that? And, and you know how I can prove it? Go to the grocery store, and as you're checking out, you see all like those magazines there, Oh, this person cheated on this person. And this, look how bad this person looks without makeup on. And look at this and that. Those people aren't happy. They're not happy. And they got all the money in the world. See, it's not about money. There's a lot more about succeeding. See, God has a different way of defining success. We often define success by, by what do I have? What do I have? What have I achieved? What do I own? How many toys do I have? See, God doesn't define success that way. The scripture makes it clear that God defines success in different ways. By living the right way, 
which is righteousness, by having peaceful relationships with those around us, by being in harmony with God and others. That's success in God's eyes. Proverbs 4.13 says, Carry out my instructions and don't forsake them. Guard them, for they will lead you to a fulfilled life. Does anybody want a fulfilled life? Okay, the rest of you, you, you're like the misery, right? And I'm like, yeah. Anyone want a miserable life? No, don't raise your hand. Um, I know people that would raise their hand on that. Like, no, that's me. I want to be miserable. Because if I'm miserable, I can make everyone around me miserable, right? Um, but we want to live that fulfilled life. But it says, carry out my instructions. Don't forsake them. Guard them, for they'll lead you to a fulfilled life. The Bible will enhance your life. If you find yourself feeling unfulfilled, like you're just going through the motions in life, you're looking for something to complete you and not quite finding it, my challenge to you is that you need more God's word in your life. Number four is God's word will change your heart. Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God is full of living power full of living power, is sharper than the sharpest knife. Now, my knife is pretty sharp here. I like to carry it. I feel like I'm naked if I don't have it. And in fact, I lost it recently, but that's another story. But man, this thing is sharp and I can cut open boxes. I can cut anything that I need to. Now, it might get dull sometimes and I have to resharpen it. But this says that God's word is full of living power. It's sharper in the sharpest knife, cutting deep into our innermost thoughts and desires. And it exposes us for what we really are. The Bible says here that God's word is like a knife. And what is a knife used for? Uh, cutting things. And, and that can be good or bad, can it? And I've seen people that they wield God's word like a battle axe. They're like, you come here. I'm going to give you some of God's word. <laughs> you know? I mean, we probably have all seen people like that. Or think about what a surgeon does with a knife. What does a surgeon do? He goes in there and he fixes problems. He removes things that shouldn't be there anymore. He helps you to heal by using these things. See, God's word is used for cutting away these things that aren't important, these things that are maybe holding us back, for cutting the things that tie us back, for cutting the, the ropes and the chains that, that keep us from moving, from cutting the, our past that holds us back, the addictions that hold us back. That's what God's word does. The Bible says, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And that's what God's word does, is it helps to bring us life and it helps to give us freedom. When you allow God's word to soak into your life, it cuts away these things and it makes you thrive. So there's a couple of things that we should do with God's word. The first is to read it. Say a Bible in the hand is worth two in the bookcase, right? Everybody's like, oh, I got a Bible. Let me just dust it off here. I mean, now Bibles don't come like that anymore. You got them right here, you know, on your hand. I got like a hundred different translations right here. But but a Bible that you'll use is the most important one. And it's important to find a consistent time to read God's word on a daily basis. And you know, I I do, I say, I'm not going to go to bed until I've read God's word. And it might be like one in the morning. I'm like, man, I'm beat and I'm getting ready to bed. I'm like, "Mm." okay, I'm going to sit down, read God's word. Some people prefer to do it in the morning. That's great. I've actually started doing some in the morning and the evening, but, um, but finding that consistent time. And, uh, 
you know, there's these Bibles out there, read a Bible in a year. Now that's great, man. If you are determined, then go for it. But me, I'm, I'm not that determined like that sometimes because it's like you get one day behind and you get two days behind and I'm like, man, I got five hours of reading before I can catch up, right? It's not about covering ground. It's not about me reading the Bible. It's about the Bible reading me and it's about letting it absorb into me. Now, if you can get through it in a year, God bless you. But you know, I'm saying sometimes it's more important what we get out of it, right? Than than the amount of ground that we cover. And it's good to have a question in mind. What, what are we going through as I'm reading this? And this is why if you go to thrive.church slash Bible, we have a daily Bible reading where, where I email out just usually a chapter. It's not a whole lot. It only takes you probably less than five minutes to read it. Um, but but it, it keeps us all together on the same page. Like today we're starting 2 Corinthians together. So, you know, it just kind of keeps us all together, reading the Bible together. So we can come and say, hey man, did you read that thing this week? And like, yeah, man, that was powerful. Or no, I didn't read it. I forgot about it. And you can kind of slap each other around and stuff. But, um, but if you go to thrive.church slash Bible, we'll email that to you. Now, for some of you, that's like a big step saying, I'm going to read for five minutes a day. And let me tell you, that is so worthwhile. Because see, sometimes pastors will give this impression that if you're not reading for an hour a day, well, don't even bother. And let me debunk that right now. Anytime you get in God's word on a daily basis is better than nothing. Now, hopefully, it's like going to the buffet and you start eating that fried chicken. And you're like, I want some more of that. And you go up and you get some mashed potatoes while you're up there. But, but here's the thing. At least get in it for a consistent time. And this is just one way that we've, we're trying to help people to, to read God's word. You know, you can have a journal or a notebook. You can write down things, underline stuff. If you have one of those old-fashioned paper ones, you know, you can underline stuff. You can underline it on your apps, too. You know, you can tap it, and you can share that with your friends and families. But be more concerned about quality and really grasping it than quantity. So we read it. We meditate on it. What is meditating? Like, we think of, like, you know, um, you know, like that when we think of meditating. That's not what this is talking about at all. Meditating is just simply thinking about what you've, what you've learned. Kind of like daydreaming about it, you know? See, I'll give, you, I'll give you an example you might understand. Worry? You know what worry is, right? Anybody ever worry before? Okay, like six of you. Okay, great. Um, wrong crowd. But uh, for those six of you that have worried, worrying is meditating that something bad's going to happen, right? I'm just thinking, oh, something bad is going to happen. I know something bad is going to happen. I know something bad is going to happen. And, and we're worrying about it. See, worrying, it's just, I mean, meditating is just thinking about these things. Meditate. Marinate. That's a good word. Marinate. You ever have pickles? Right? Pickles are great. But what does a pickle have to do? It's got to marinate for a while, right? You don't just take cucumbers, dunk them in some vinegar, and start eating them. I mean, Uh, that's not going to be very good. In fact, if you've ever had pickles that have not marinated quite long enough, you know what I'm talking about. You're like, uh, this is not fit for human consumption. But, But when we let it marinate, like let God's word marinate, then it's good. It's a crock pot, not a microwave, right? We're not two minutes and we're done. We're putting this baby on all day long. And when we come home, we're going to get some good food, you know, some, I don't know, Beef, yeah, beef stew, or I don't know. I'm getting hungry thinking about all this food. So, <laughs> Psalms 119.52 says, I meditate on your age-old laws. Oh, Lord, they comfort me. See, when we meditate on it, it gives us faith and strength. You don't believe me? Try it. Try it for a week. 
Just go to thrive.church slash Bible, sign up, try it for a week. See, meditation is moving God's word from our head to our heart. And that transforms it from knowledge into wisdom. See, it's not what you eat, it's what you digest. You know a cow? You know how a cow eats? It's, it's kind of gross. The cow goes and they, they chew up all the, the grass, right? And then later on in the day, they kind of like regurgitate that. And they chew it again. It's called chewing the cud. Because see, their stomach can't break it down the way ours do. So they regurgitate it and then chew it again and swallow it. Now, as gross as that sounds, that's like what meditating is. We read God's word. A little bit later, we pull it back up. We think about it. What are we digesting? Henry Ford, you know, the guy that made Ford, automobiles, he hired this efficiency expert to evaluate the, his company. And, and after a few weeks, he came back with this report, and it was this glowing report saying, yeah, you guys are so efficient except one thing. He said, there's this man down the hall, and he's got his own office, and I look in there, and every time I walk in there, he's just sitting back in his chair with his feet propped up on his desk. And Henry Ford looked at him and says, that man once had an idea that saved us millions of dollars. And at that time, I believe his feet were planted right where they are right now. You know, because he's sitting there thinking about it, right? He's got his feet. He might not look like he's, but something's churning on the inside. And it's like, we're going through it. We're, we're thinking about these things. So we read it, we meditate on it, but then here's, here's where the rubber meets the road. We apply it. Knowing God's word and not applying it, well, that's pointless. I've met people like that. Man, they know the Bible better than me. But man, I mean, they cannot apply it to save their life. They just have it up here. It's never made it into their heart. They're never actually taken action on it. It doesn't do you any good. It's like knowing that you should drink water, but not actually doing it. Being a disciple is all about application. What do we apply into our everyday life? Psalms 119.9, how can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word and following its rules. Obeying and following means we're actually doing something with this. Is there a command that we should be listening to in this verse? Is there an error or a pitfall that this is warning us about? Is there an example that we should try to follow? Is there a promise that we should claim out of this verse? And are we doing that? Matthew 7 Verse 24 and verse 26 says, Anyone who listens to my teachings and obeys me is wise, like a person who builds on a, his house on a solid rock. But anyone who hears my teaching and ignores it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. Are you going to build your house on sand? No, because you know when the storm comes, man, that thing's washing out. We want to build our lives on the solid rock of Christ Jesus. See, it's not what we preach, but it's what we practice. That makes us a Christ follower. A lot of people go around saying the right thing, but are we actually doing the right thing? If you want to thrive in your life, let me challenge you. Spend five minutes a day reading God's word. Hey, if you're like, oh, well, I already read 20 minutes a day. Okay, well, then let's bump that up five minutes then. Let's go to 25. Let, let's bump that up a little bit. And let's start to thrive in our relationship with God. We're going to get the band to come up here, but I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to, we're going to pray here for a moment just that God's word comes alive to us. So Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your word, the Bible, which gives us life, which gives us faith and, and hope, which restores our lives. 
And Lord, we just thank you for your goodness to us. And we ask you to just move in our lives now. Inspire each person here to read your word on a regular basis. Now maybe you're here and maybe you don't know God. Maybe you're far from it and you're like, I don't even know why I drove in today. I just kind of felt inspired to. And if that's you, I would challenge you just to give, give this following God thing a shot. You know, the Bible says that if, if we believe in our heart Jesus is Lord and we say that with our mouth, we can be saved. And a lot of people get all flaky about what it means to be saved. And, and all it is is this. It means that Christ is willing to forgive you of your past. He wants you to thrive even more than you want to thrive. He wants you to. So we're going to say a prayer together right now. And, and for those of you that do know Christ already, I didn't invite you to say the prayer along with me. And if, but if you're here and, and maybe you're on the fence about this whole thing, I would encourage you to pray along with us as well. And give your life over to Christ. Say, you know, I'm going to give this thing a shot. I'm going to move forward with what God has for me. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, please come into my heart. And please forgive me of my sins. My past is not pretty. But I know you can take care of that. Help me to thrive. I give you my life. Past, present, and future. And help me to read your word on a daily basis and apply it. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go and visit us at www.thrive.church. If you're ever in the area, we'd like to invite you to come and join us. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, we encourage you to leave a rating, review, share with your friends and family. Until next time, may you grow deeper in God's word each day.